Christmas tears for the last podcast of the year from uh, from my 2018 uh, album and Austin Blue Christmas. You can buy that everywhere in the world, uh, or you can come to my show, my last show, also this Saturday. If you're in Austin, Texas, you can buy it there as well. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Oh, look at that! You've got one too. I do. Oh man, uh, that's uh, Malford Milligan, by the way, singing Freddie King's Christmas Tears. Um, so let's jump right into the B2B marketing mindset, shall we? I'm Pete Monfrey. This is my co-host, Bill Lowell, founder of Business Development Directives. And today we've got a guest, Wade Allen from Sandia, America's source for impact leaders. So today we're going to be talking about the impact of TLC uh, on marketing and sales. That's talent, leadership, and culture, not to be confused with TCB, taking care of business, uh, or tender, loving care, which we hopefully will deliver that as well. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you there's a lot more valuable content at B2Bmarketingmindset.com. And you can subscribe there to get special content you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you get to see us, our beautiful faces. You don't get to see that on Spotify. Uh, but you can also subscribe to the audio version of the podcast everywhere fine podcasts are consumed. We put those comments in the links. Uh, try to make that. Uh, we put those links in the comments, I should say, and also comments in the links and uh, every Thursday, we put out a new episode live at 11 a.m. Central on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can follow us so many places, it's bewildering. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, Wade, it's good to see you. Thank My you. Good Appreciate friend, it. Wade. I've, to talk to you. I've known both of you gentlemen for many, many years, so it's really, really fun to have you together. So why don't we start by having Wade tell us a little bit about himself and kind of the problems you solve and for whom, and we'll jump right in. <laughs> okay. Well, um... You know, my current company is uh, we in our 30th year now. We literally just finished our 29th year. Uh, I've always been a person that solved problems and created new things, whether it was in small, medium, or large businesses where I was actually had a career. I mean, my whole career was startups, turnarounds, and high growth companies. And so I got challenged to uh, look at and change the executive search business uh, because you know people get frustrated with it and so that's what i did i said okay literally after a couple of years of people asked me to do it and me saying that'll never happen i said okay well here's what i do different based on the fact that you know i've been you know the top executive based on the fact i've hired hundreds of people here are the things that are missing and literally that's what we put into place uh, a process that really it's a proprietary process that's different that comes from the mindset of the CEO and, and uh, solves the problems up front that usually come out at the very end, if they even come out at all, before you hire the person. Absolutely. And and really, so in the business of recruiting, and um, but that's not really telling the whole story. I mean, you have an emphasis on, on culture, on leadership, and that's really what we're going to be talking today. But you've got a, a process that you develop called the, the you know, uh, uh, let's see if I got this right. Uh, we'll put your name up on the screen uh, too. I was so enraptured in, 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 in by what you were saying, I forgot to put your name up on the screen. 
Uh, but uh, but let's let's move on. 3D analysis process. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, what what it really gets down to that there are certain things that you know again thinking from the mindset of top management that they really need to accomplish for the person. Problem is, is usually when you're talking to the the different both decision makers and influencers for hiring a position, there's different opinions and they don't even realize that they're thinking different things. They think, okay, we're hiring a VP of marketing. Geez, I'm thinking of it as someone who's putting a brand. Well, no, I'm thinking of someone who's making me, since I'm the VP of sales, bringing me leads to close business. So there's lots of definitions of what a job is. And the problem is, is companies typically really don't get down to what do they really need. So we're very consultative because we've been in those positions before. And it's a matter of really trying to figure out what do you actually need? What is What are the true required skills versus desired skills? And what happens in our 3D analysis, we go very in depth on a lot of different things, all the way literally down to culture and chemistry. Uh, and what we're trying to find out is what does this company really need and help them define the position before we even start looking for it. It's not a matter of, hey, give us a job description, let's start cramming some names in. It's like, no, let's help you figure out what you really need first and define that in detail. And oh, by in the process, what happens is that once you realize you're not on the same page and we help bring that out, you actually can readjust helmets and get everybody on the same page. Because guess what? You're in the business to maximize ROI. Well, we think in those same terms. How do we hire someone that's going to help you maximize ROI? Well, if you back up a step, the only way you can hire the right person to maximize ROI is if everyone's looking for the same thing. So again, you get everybody aligned in that process. And then it's a much easier process to actually go find a person that matches that because you know it's truly required and what's not. And if they don't fit those required things, why are you wasting the candidate's time, the company's time, or our time? They're not a fit, period. Sounds smart. You, Bill, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, have, in the, the early goings of this way, did you ever get any resistance from people? Because you know it's one thing for a, an organization to say this is the kind of sales and marketing person we might need, but it's another thing for somebody to come in and say... We're going to actually dig deeper and you may not know exactly all that you're going to be looking for. We're going to put it all together. So I'm well, curious about that. No, I mean, yes, you, you do have to be careful how you present that. There's no, no mm -hmm. question about it. And guess what? And the real answer is, is, yes, they know more than we do because it's their company. They know what they need. It's a matter of how do we come and help you organize the different thoughts and feelings from everyone else to get to the right answer. So it's not a matter of us coming in and say, hey, we're smarter than you guys and here's what you need. It's a matter of listening, being very consultative. It's really like a mini Bain study, what we do. We're gonna talk to four, five, six people, including the hiring manager, whether it's the CEO or VP or whatever, whoever the hiring manager, we're gonna talk to four, five, six people and we're gonna get the perspectives and we'll tell people, hey, listen, we need to talk to someone. I don't care about their title. I want to talk to people who have a, a, a keen understanding of what it takes to be successful in this position, in this company. So getting back to VP of marketing, a generic job description VP of marketing means nothing. A job description from their industry for a VP of marketing means nothing. 
I want to know what it takes to be successful in this company. And if that person is the receptionist that knows that answer, that's who I want to talk to. I don't care what their title is. I don't care if they're in their organization, above it, below it. It's who's going to help us understand and literally us, because that's what it is. We're part of your team. How do we come in and help draw down and get to that? So we'll put together about a 25 page analysis and we'll walk through it with the hiring manager and make sure that we're focused on the right thing. Cause at that point in time, everyone's signing off on this is the absolutely correct thing we need to do. And then it's a matter of process of it, it you know, to me having a technical background in my you know, original part of my career, it's like, Hey, if there's a bar, anything below the bar is not fit. And that's just the way I think in simplistic terms. And I've used that, you know, as even as an executive, Hey, if you got a bar, anything below it is not a fit. So that's the way we work. You know, Bill, it's a great question because I'm thinking to myself, you know, we face almost that same thing where the client says, Hey, I'm pretty certain I need this. It's like going to the doctor and saying, Hey doc, man, I got a killer headache. I need you to amputate my arm. I've yep. already, I already know what to do, and I just need you to amputate that. Don't. What are you asking me questions for? Just get exactly. the saw. Get the saw, exactly. buddy. What am I paying exactly. you for? And so, you know, I think that has to be finessed a little bit. But you're absolutely right. There's so many different <clears throat> definitions of marketing. Uh, you know, and this may be one reason why the average tenure of a CMO is anywhere between 12 and 18 months, depending on which study you, you look at. Um, it is a crazy, crazy business to be in. Well, one um, of the things that we we do, you know, because of that tenure, that tenure is expensive. Whether you're using recruiting services or not, that tenure is expensive if it's short. And part of our process is understanding, you know, like I said earlier, fit to culture and chemistry. But it's also fit to understanding of where do you as a candidate want to be in the next couple of years? And, oh, company, as we're talking to you, part of that 3D analysis, where can this position go? In the next two, three, four, five, six years, what's the growth opportunities? And again, if those don't align, I don't care if they're the best candidate in the world for the next 12, 18 months. If they're going to be gone after that, that's not worth the hire. And we have people we've placed, like I said, we've been in business for 29 plus years. We have people we've placed who've been in their companies that we put them into 5, 10, 15, 20 years because we've put them into an organization where they fit all the way down to culture and chemistry, and there are the career opportunities that they want to 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 grow along the way. So they're going to last longer. I think that's I think that's fantastic, and I, I think it's missing in a lot of situations. So, and you know, one thing we we talked about is this idea of TLC, talent, leadership, and culture. And so uh, you have an entire. Um, t- tell me what that. It, it's not just three words, right? I mean, it's a, it's a philosophy. It's a, it's your focus. Yes. Yeah. Is there a book? Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Is there a book? <laughs> Is there going to be well, a book? Well, we're, 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 we're talking about, you know, putting out, putting out a book. We have not yet. All right. We've, we've talked about that and stuff. We, we've, we've been talked, we've been asked that before and stuff. So <laughs> it's something that need, needs to be done. There's no question about it. You know, TLC, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the tender loving care. Yes. We, we do a lot of that. But, you know, TLC to us is that talent, leadership and culture. And as you move up in a company, uh, you know, from an individual contributor, not not that those aren't important there, but as you move up, those become more and more critical 
And that fit to the culture becomes an exponential thing because you're trying to lead a team of people to do more than, hey, what, what they think they can do. A lot of people, right. in my viewpoint, have more talent than what they're doing, but somewhere along the line in their career, you know, they raise their hand to input something and their boss whack-a-mole them. And at some point in time, after you've been whack-a-mole once or twice, you kind of go, I'm not going to volunteer my information anymore. I guess I'm at the position I need to be at and, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And you know, it, what's fun is when you unlock that potential in people, how far they can grow. You know, the whack-a-mole thing is something I, I see over and over again. And, and that's, a con that's a culture not conducive to sharing information and being the best that it can be. It's an ego-driven culture. Um, I mean, again, as we, Bill and I are consultants, we see this all of the time. Now, it's very hard to whack our moles. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we, we're not employees. I get mine removed, you know. Do you? That's right. Um, but I, you I know, that's, that's just crisis. That's dealing with crisis, isn't it, Pete, all the time? You know, moving from one crisis to another. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, not not having a plan in place, um, not even understanding your culture. Now, Bill, I know that you work a lot in this leadership culture area, right? I and do. training. And I mean, it's, you yeah. guys are pretty well aligned. So um, be, be great for you to uh, follow up with each other after the program. But um, what are your, some, of, some of your thoughts on this when it comes, you know, I'm going to steer it towards sales and marketing. That's kind of our thing. Yeah, yeah. I understand. But, uh, you know, talent, leadership, culture. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Bill? Oh, you're asking me. Okay. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Um, yeah, Dave, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, I I actually think it's I think it's critical, and we're I know we're going to get into this a little bit later with Wade, but even having people understand the culture, because in my opinion, the culture makes a lot of sense. But I'd be curious to see how he connects culture with marketing and sales. So that's that's going to be key. But the leadership thing is is just absolutely critical you know and uh you know well, it's I, I think a lot of people assume that it's sort of a natural you know is this guy a leader or not um, right or they they talk a lot about culture but nobody's bothered to define what that means exactly. yes do, you, do yeah. you help companies with those specific things where you're saying hey we see the nuggets of culture here but they're not defined of course. Does that of go course. out? Does that is that outside of Wade's purview, or do you get involved on that level of consulting, where it really goes beyond recruiting? I, I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah, we we do not have an arm that goes out and helps people redefine their culture. Uh, okay. Again, we've been asked for that. We've even our 3D analysis. We've been asked multiple times of, "Hey, can you do that 3D analysis on our company?" And you know. You know what? It could be modified with a lot of work. Uh, I understand where they're coming from, but what, for example, KPMG out of New York, we, we placed a person there and they wrote us a reference letter years ago that said, listen, your 3D analysis was worth every penny we paid for the search, even if you didn't place someone because you gave us an understanding of our company we didn't have before. So that's how valuable and that's literally the way we look at it. it it is a very critical piece that that most of our clients references hey this is a key piece of the equation because it is helping kind of like what i was talking about earlier helping them you know define what they really need versus what they think they need 
So right. yes, we're playing a little bit in that in that you know game of of helping them define that. But at the same time, it's not a matter of how can we go out and you know rebuild your culture, change your culture, and so right. if there's some issues, there's no ifs about. You know, we're going to talk to them about it because we're going to go through that final analysis. You know, our 3D analysis that we actually write up and stuff. We're going to go through that with the decision makers. So if there are key things, we're we're going to talk about. Hey, there's some real disconnects. But, you know, it's not a matter of we're going to go out there and say, hey, let's consultively over the next six months help reset your culture. But, but that's a really good question, Pete, because I think one of the questions, wait, so maybe you're not helping them do that. But what about if a company or either if you find the, the need for leadership or if they come to you directly and say we're lacking leadership in in the sales management area or whatever the case is? I mean, is that is that part of that recruitment? or selection process that you can go in and bring in somebody to solve that issue for them, you know? Yeah, we, we could do that. But I mean, part of the other piece of that equation, kind of uh, kind of a different angle is there are times we brought in to hire a particular position and after working with them, again, because yeah. we've been in their positions, not a matter of we've been recruiting our life, we've been executives yeah. in industries, multiple industries. We can say, hey, listen, <clears throat> what we're hearing sounds like you actually need this position instead of the one you're talking about or modification on what you're looking for. It sounds like you really need something different and it sounds like you're getting you know, the cart before the horse. And we're not afraid to say that. You know, even if it means, yeah, we're not going to do a search at this moment. It's like, great. Our job, in our opinion, is to help the company, you know, maximize their ROI, help them, get, you know, grow. Uh, we don't grow by just cramming someone in there that's not going to help them, you know, where they need today. Will you, Wade, will you be blunt with uh, the client too? So let's say that you go through your analysis and you actually find out that the person retaining you or the president is actually the problem, you know? So we have found the problem and it is us, you know? So, and then what would you do with that? Because that's something that I know Pete and I kind of run into is at times too, where it's like, you know, it's the problem isn't lower down, it's higher up. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, again, we're very, very consultative. Again, that's a huge difference with us. Again, it's not a consultative, and then we start a consultant assignment. We're very mm -hmm. consultative and stuff is like, hey, you know, here, here are the issues, you know, you're not going to be able to either hire the person you want or be able to retain the person you want right. because of these issues. And, you know, hey, you know, what, what do we need to do about it? Yeah, so it sounds like you're, 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 you know, it's just as part of the process, you know, they, they may not have a clear part of your, of their, a picture of their culture, for example, or even their leadership needs, but you're helping them kind of define what's there. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I rang the bell because that that Bill's idea was a real bell ringer. You know what if it is, what if it's the leadership that is the problem? We just went through this with a client earlier this year in the office furniture space. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, such a toxic culture, really caused by the leadership and the, you know the the net result of this was really a hundred percent turnover, um, and that's just devastating. Um, oh, yeah. And they just couldn't really pull themselves out of it. It also meant several million dollars uh, in lost revenue. Um, so it is a big, big deal. And for this company in particular, it was hitting them square in the teeth of sales and marketing. So 
Um, and I think that culturally, talent, leadership, and culture, when you, when you think about the war between sales and marketing, it's all about talent, leadership, and culture. That's the whole thing. You know, you can talk about communication and some of the more tactical things that should be happening between the two silos, but really it comes down to this. This is one reason I was so excited to kind of have you on the, on the program and talk about this. And so, and I do have a, a couple questions, but let me break real quick. Uh, you know, a lot of executives and leaders spending money on marketing and they're not sure if it's working. They don't know if it's effective, uh, just like they're hiring. They're not sure, right? Uh, but they forge forward. But what they are sure of is that marketing's not meeting their expectations, right? And so that's where Clarity Marketing Support comes in. Uh, producer, sponsor of the podcast. We do something called the Master Marketing X-Ray, and it's a comprehensive evaluation, much like what Wade's talking about, of your marketing efforts and your investment. And we find hidden obstacles to growth, and we root out waste. We deliver written recommendations. We love them in writing. Uh, and to improve your return on marketing investment, even if you're not even sure you're getting one or not. We're going to tell you. And if you're the problem, we're going to tell you that, too. And you can learn more at claritymarketingsupport.com slash MMX. Uh, and you know, we almost, and Bill and I have done these, we almost always find enough waste to cover our modest fee several times over. That's kind of a oh, sad absolutely. thing. And one of the things you talked about there was, you know, putting things in writing. We're very strong believers, uh, putting things in writing. I got tired in my career of hiring people of the recruiter being the poly parrot and just kind of repeating what you said. It's like, no. We put our weekly analysis, I mean, we put our 3D analysis obviously in writing. We do our weekly updates in writing, et cetera, and stuff. Hey, this is what we believe. This is what we're saying, period, end of discussion, and we'll back it up. And I'm not sure where that fell out of favor. You know, uh, I do know consultants that are sort of like, hey, look, I'm going to give you my verbal recommendations. Uh, if you want them in writing, bring someone to take notes. I do kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of <laughs> like it. But I tend to think in writing, so that kind of works out good for, for me. So, and I think for the clients, it becomes your, you know, your recommendations become a reference, really. I mean, again, Absolutely. our job is to try to bring as much value as humanly possible. We can't stay in business if we don't. So, Your, your uh, blueprint is also, it's, it's kind of like an audit. So like even if there's somebody that's listening that's out there and they want to know just how effective they are or could they be doing something and tweaking, your, your blueprint is going to identify that for them or at least confirm some of the, the things that they're doing right or wrong. Right. The X-ray is actually part of the blueprint, two different services, yeah. but um, the blueprint is a marketing plan. It, it includes the audit, the X-ray uh, and all yeah. that. But you can also just bring us in to figure out what is going on. Uh, and when it comes to talent, uh, leadership and culture, you can bring in Wade. So We'll uh, stop the commercial for now and move on. Uh, uh, too bad, darn. One, one of the, I know, it's so much fun. Um, yeah. This we is should a have question. a podcast sometime just to talk about you, Pete. We should. <laughs> I, talk I, about my, I love talking it's, about myself. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, it's time to hire Pete. Come on. <laughs> well, give me a little while. Uh, talent versus training versus experience. I wanted to ask about this because... This is something that I see that's sort of a belief system of people when it comes to all kinds of anything that falls in the creative zone or even I think I think almost any position in the company can fall to this idea that you, you have to have some innate talent. I mean, so how much is talent? How much is training? How much is experience? Good, good. It's a great question. It really is. <laughs> and thank you. Just even from your comments, we can talk to a hundred different people and get a hundred different opinions and stuff. But you know, to me, 
you know, the way we define talent is a natural ability to perform, you know, specific tasks with you know, skill. It's combining an inherent gifts, the abilities that you were just talking about and refining those abilities. And, you know, that what that does as you refine those, again, the thing you're talking about, like experience, et cetera, et cetera, you're starting to consistently hit a high level of, of excellence. You know, it, it's a, a mastery beyond what you would call the ordinary. So you, you, literally it, it is definitely a, a distinct difference between, you know, what the ordinary would be versus, and, you know, again, you take someone from the sports world, you know, sure, no one would, you know, say that Michael Jordan had an incredible talent or Kobe Bryant had an incredible talent or LeBron James had an incredible talent. And there is no question a piece of that, a, even a large piece of that is just a natural ability, whether it's size, jumping ability, whatever it may be, there is a huge piece of that and stuff. But they also, guess what, had to figure out and pick up this little round ball and put it through a hoop. And the best example of that was Akeem Olajuwon. If people don't know who Akeem Olajuwon was, he was – uh, uh, you know, one of the best players in the NBA for years. He was seven foot and he didn't play basketball until he was in college. He was a goalie. And uh, obviously you would expect to be a pretty good goalie at that size. <laughs> you touch each side. And, you know, he had to learn how to play basketball until college. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, he then became one of the best you know, NBA players, NBA players of all time. So it isn't necessarily verses, then, is it? It's it's sort of like one leads to another, leads to another. Um, you know, I'm a guitar player. That's something that I love. I'm 44 that years. Comment there too. It, well, yeah, and, and people are always thinking it's just about talent, and I always think to myself, you don't know about the times when I was a teenager down in the basement, dropping a needle on an album for two seconds, backing it up to the same two seconds, same two seconds, same two seconds until my parents threw me out of the house because they were like, I can't hear that again. Um, talent. I don't know. I mean, doggedness, uh, you know, uh, and then, and then of course playing thousands of gigs, right. Experience. But yep. I don't know, maybe there is some talent there. I mean, I know some guitar players that have put in, less time than me that are far beyond my abilities. So I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah. talent is the wild card there, but it makes me think that it's, it's all three. One leads I, to I, another. Yeah. I think uh, it's, go ahead, Wade. I'm sorry. No, no, please, please go ahead. Bill. No, I mean, it's almost like the leadership model where it's like, you might have somebody that is born with good leadership skills, but then there's other people that emerge and, and they they develop and then there's other leaders that just you know it might be a situational thing where it's like hey we needed somebody with an engineering background and this person stepped up or we needed somebody with some marketing talent to help us with innovation i mean so you know so there's all types of different leaders and i think all of that applies i think to the same thing that you're that you're referring to pete i mean i think some of it people are born with but some of it's part of training and i think some of it is people just know when to step up i mean you've talked about this pete when you go to some of your concerts and you guys, you don't even practice, you just start playing and it's like magic. And so, I mean, I think it's the same kind of analogy. Yeah, we're we're not into rehearsal very much because uh, it doesn't pay anything to rehearse. Uh, 
In fact, the, the, the opening song there, that was not rehearsed. Uh, we, we did a little bit. We learned the songs one day in the studio, and then the next day we recorded them. So we did the whole album that way in two days. And so lots wow. of talent there, a lot of talented people. But I also think I was a teacher for a long time. Uh, and I, I also think that someone can believe they have no talent, but they can be taught. Right. You know, and so, but then I think that the training, the teaching, the learning leads to maybe developing latent talents. Um, and so I think they're just really, I think that's just a real interesting intersection that we could probably talk about for a couple I, of hours. Could, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That could be a whole and fun Bill's topic a, just in itself. Bill's a long and, and time leader, teacher. The, a leader, you know, I know leaders that have done a phenomenal job. They didn't want to be the leader. Mm -hmm. They're real introverted and stuff. But it does take, again, whether you have the quote, the natural talent experience or not, it does take what is that person's drive and determination to make things happen. Because that leader that I was talking about didn't want to be leader long term, but was yeah. a phenomenal leader. Everyone got praised. But at the end of the day, he was exhausted and stuff because that wasn't his forte. And yet he could do it because he was determined to help the company because they were in a bad spot great uh you know it doesn't mean you can't perform some of these at times but it may not be necessarily what you want to do right yeah boy i can really relate to that i uh you know i this last show that i'm doing i mean the general uh idea is that i'm quitting music now i'm actually not quitting music i'm quitting being a leader because i've, I've in order to manifest what i what i wanted to do musically or in business or just about in anything it's not that I want to be the leader or I need to be the leader. It's because nobody else will do it. You step so up. You, 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 you step up. I, I yeah. really think that's interesting. This, you know, this podcast. I mean, um, it's just something that somebody has to step up, and and uh, I think I'm I'm lucky that way actually um, that I'm able to wow. do that. And uh, but I, I want to be clear. I don't really want to be. No, um, it's a lot of work in that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, and actually it have is. a. I am writing a book, and I'm almost done with it. Uh, it's called Everything I Learned About Leadership, I, I Learned Leading a Band. And so hopefully... That's going to be I, a great book. I, I, You know what's funny? I'm stalled on the last part where it's about the author. I'm like... Oh, I'll take care of that for you. I've written, I've written the whole thing. Let me... Know. You give that give that assignment to me. I'll take care okay, of that Okay, good. Well, that's done. Done. I'll give that to you. Delegate. That's a good that's sign a of a leader. Christmas present. I'm happy to do that. Isn't that funny? I'm, no, happy I'm, to not, do that. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mean to interrupt, but I was really curious just uh, if Wade could give us a few examples and he can do the leadership thing or the culture. But it's like for our listeners out there, I, I think some of them are knowing like, how do you how do you look for a candidate in marketing or sales and try to assess that cultural piece of that candidate? I mean, I'm really curious on how you would how would you go about doing that or if you don't like the cultural part. Take the no, leadership, no, but that's, it, it doesn't that... matter because it, it, it's the same thing. So I will back up a step because it literally starts in that 3D analysis. And so in the 3D analysis, we're constantly told by both our clients when we're building the 3D analysis and we're doing the personal interviews, as well as what we call prospects, because they're not a candidate until we actually present them. So the prospective right. candidates, um, <clears throat> We're constantly told almost, you know, almost, not every one of them, but we're constantly told, 
I've never been asked that question before. And our answer is great because we're not trying to do it like everyone else. But go back to that 3D analysis. We're trying, again, whether it's leadership, talent, culture, whatever it be, sales, marketing and stuff. We're trying to understand what is it that they're really looking for? Again, getting to the culture. How do y'all really work? You know, you know, are y'all individual contributors that, you know, just all you need is numbers. I mean, we, again, we're trying to understand what it is. And then what we're doing when we're talking to prospective, you know, candidates, prospects, we're literally asking them, how do they work? How do they function best? You know, what, what are the environments they've been in and what we're helping analyze and where were they most successful and why? And luckily I have a, an ability and, and this is one of the reasons that, you know, when I asked the person, the final person that drew the last straw is over about a three year period of time, people kept telling me I ought to be a recruiter. And I kept saying, no, no, no. Uh, he, 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 I said, this person I, I had a whole lot of respect for. And I said, okay, help me understand why. And there are just things that I do instinctively over the years that I didn't think much about and stuff. And, and being able to understand and analyze a person very quickly is just something I have a distinct ability to do. And, you know, whether they're telling the truth or not, and where their success, and they're telling me their different stories of where they were in the different com companies, we can see, hey, does that fit into the culture that we define? Because we absolutely, you know, when we're going through three analysis, we're trying to make sure, and then we walk through it with them, we're verifying that we've identified the right culture. Well, gee, if we know what the right culture is, now I just need to know whether, you know, Bill fits into that culture. And that's, you know, it's making sure, and I hate to say simply, but, you know, it is, it's not trying to stick a, a round peg into a you know, square hole. Absolutely. Which you know, happens way too often. All the time. Uh, yeah. And I think it's because people are kind of asleep at the switch on these uh, issues. So, um, but it, it makes me think about the next question is, um, so what are the symptoms of a lack of leadership? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say you've got bodies in the positions, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean you have leadership. Yeah. This is a touchy topic, but I was just curious as to what you thought so, about so that. Are you no, I think that's a great question. As far as trying to, to hire someone into that? Well, what or? are the signs that your organization is lacking in leadership? Okay. okay. Yeah. The what, symptoms. What, yeah, what what you will see if, if you get to talk to the people in that organization, you know, does their opinion, you know, I'm working for that VP of marketing, VP of sales or whatever stuff, you know, does my voice mean anything? Does my feedback mean anything? Am I just literally being told what to do instead of, you know, is this person helping me grow? Is this person allowing me to fail? Because too often you can get into an organization where, hey, I'm the VP, you're not. <laughs> I'm the one that's smart, and that's why they put me in this position. This is the way you need to do it. This is now how you need to talk. This is again part of that's good that they're helping sharing what they do. But there's a difference between that and you know talking down because you don't know, so you need to do it my way and stuff. Because you may find out that you know some of your team has some expertises that are different from yours that may be just as effective or more than effective. And are they given the opportunity to be themselves? Because bottom line, when it gets down to it, if a sales or marketing person is not allowed to be themselves, 
they're not going to be happy, content, and do their job. Uh, again, get back to that word ROI, max, you know, maximize their ROI. They're not going to be able to do it because they're frustrated. So frustration, turnover, um, oh, yeah, internal and squabbles. And that's part of the reason why we recall down, recruit down to the culture, because if you hire the wrong person that doesn't fit the culture, some of your top players that you have absolutely can't afford to lose may walk. Because yeah. at some point in time, they're kind of going, I can't put up with this person anymore. I'm gone. I wasn't listening mm -hmm. to recruiters and never had an intent to ever leave this company, but I can't put up with this any longer. I'm out. You know, I... Oh, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say that was a good question because I think your idea on symptoms or how does somebody recognize that? I think some of our listeners want to know that. You know, how do we how do we do that, and how do we know if we're going to be a good match, or how do we know what we're looking for when we're hiring somebody? So I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, well, even talking to you know the manager, I think part of that is you know how you know what what are they doing with the people under them. You know, are they grooming them? Are they teaching them? Are they growing them? You know, getting the words, literally directly asking questions to them. You know, what are you do? What are you literally doing to help your team? You know, grow, even if it's grow to your level and beyond. I mean, you know, the old adage of you ought to hire people smarter than you are. You know, are they doing that? Are they literally right. trying to hire people that aren't as smart so that they can keep their position? Yeah, and I think that's, that's where this idea of servant leadership comes in. You know, I think I, I consider myself a servant leader, but I don't think I always was, right? I think I learned this very much the hard way. Um, and uh, Bill was there when I was learning it, actually. And we had a, a, almost a staff mutiny at the agency back then in the 90s. Uh, but uh, I listened and I changed. Um, but uh, But it took some people to help me, actually. It took people like Wade to come in and say, you know, in my case, it was actually Bob Cooper, uh, who's actually my uncle. Um, and, but he's a recruiter, right? And he understood yeah. this cultural fit. And he also was not uh, hesitant to tell me that I was the problem, right? And so I think that's just really crucial. And um, we've got about uh, just a few, few more minutes here. Um, and we'll go to our final thoughts. Um, but so, at the end of the day, the biggest symptom to me, and this is the last question for today uh, before we go into our final thoughts, how does culture impact growth? Because I, I think that's the biggest symptom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, to me, there's no question that, that I was talking about earlier and stuff. As you move up and you're now, hey, I'm hiring you as the VP of marketing and we're a startup and you're the only person in, the, in your team guess what you're doing all the work now you still need to fit the culture but there's a little different fit to culture because there's only a couple of people here you can put your arms around them and it's a small company you know the ceo or whoever can put their arms around a small organization even you when you only have two or three people in your organization you can kind of put your arms around it and kind of push it where you want it to you think you're leading it but you're really not and then what happens is it gets to the point where you can't put your arms around it anymore you've lost that and a lot of companies get into real turmoil at that point in time. So it is a matter of how can, you know, using both leadership and the culture, how can I help people again, do the things that they need to do that's going to help them drive the company mission. 
you know, right. what, what, what are you doing to help drive that through each individual? Because each individual is a key piece of the equation to drive the company's revenue. And, and I think it, it all has to do with what I refer to as internal marketing too. I mean, I think that cultural thing, you know, it depends on how people are going to do their jobs, but, but it's also an internal thing. It's like, does everybody buy into it? Do they believe it? You know, I've not to get uh, a little silly here, but there's a church in McGuanago, Wisconsin, that is seriously, it's got over 1200 members. And to me, the reason that it's growing is just what you were talking about, Wade, the leadership and the culture, and you can feel it when you walk in the door. I mean, it's just everybody is welcoming, but I think it goes right back to to the, the pastors and the culture and everything else. It's kind of very, very interesting. I, they should do a case study on that because while other people are not attending, this place is exploding. Well, the, our definition of culture is that, you know, culture shapes, you know, a company's personality. It encompasses yeah. its work environment, the mission, the values, the ethics, the expectations, the goals. Definitely. It unifies the employees and yeah. it gives them a shared purpose belonging so that you know they can help together drive the company further yeah it's a lot it's alignment it is what comes to mind for me is and is on the opposite end of the spectrum is the spectacle with we work right <laughs> where it was they definitely had a culture but it was kind of a false culture it was not yeah. based in real values it wasn't it wasn't authentic right it it mm-hmm. And so did it Im- impact their growth? Well, I would say sure did, real negatively. Um, and uh, are they still around? Does anybody know? I know that, that they were bought, I think, I think by a hedge fund, but just bits and pieces. I mean, they really, I don't, I would say they've never really recovered from it. Um, yeah. And so it, it is a huge, huge thing. Now, we don't have our fancy uh, final thoughts graphic today uh, for some technical reason. I, I'll fire somebody over that. Oh, that's a leadership thing. That's a leadership thing. Um, But, uh, you know, let's uh, go around the table, final thoughts, and let's start with our our guest, uh, Wade. Any final thoughts on the topic? Yeah, no, I mean, there's no question that, you know, know, sales and marketing are are key pieces of, of a company, and you need to make sure when you're looking for one that, you know, that they actually fit the culture and provide the right type of talent leadership that you really need versus what you think you need. Because a lot, again, any position, but, you know, again, you know, sales marketing, it's a matter of, Hey, what, what do you really need versus what you think? And, and that takes time to back up. It also takes people being vulnerable to say, Hey, I'm open to hearing and defining. It may not necessarily be exactly what I thought I'm listening to my team. Again, that what we're talking about a minute ago, leadership. Is your team providing value in there or are you just telling everybody what to do? Right. Are you infallible? Um, Bill, exactly. final thought. Yeah, I, I, I think this was a fun discussion and I, I think there's a lot to be taken from it. And, you know, and I was thinking early on, like what happens if a company needs a certain specific talent? So maybe they're hiring somebody in digital marketing or maybe they're bringing on that talent. But what Wade is reminding us is, it's not that simple. You could you could hire that expertise and bring it inside, but if they don't fit and if they're not in alignment with where the company is needing to head, uh, it can be much more complex than people think. You know, so companies that are just bringing in a talent to to fill a hole, they may be doing themselves a disservice before they step back, like Wade is saying, and kind of looking at that whole picture. You That's know, right. and I, I would say also, 
this kind of change, this type of thing takes time, but there's always interim leadership. People that are proven already, they can adapt to your culture, they're already leaders. We do a lot of that here. We were just interim leaders and we actually replace ourselves very consciously. Um, I think it's a great topic and I think it's actually one we could talk about for quite some time. Uh, I do hear the music coming up in my ear. Um, and that tells us that we're almost out of time. But thank you, Wade. We appreciate you, uh, you. joining us today. We'll have to have you back again. I think it's a giant topic. And we'll be waiting for that book, by the way. Um, and so uh, Wade's thinking, like, I don't have enough to do. We'll have a, uh, we'll have a two-for-one sale. Your book and absolutely, his book. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, no. The pressure <laughs> is on. Right the your mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, y'all. We will uh, actually know we're off. I was going to say we'll see you next week. We're off for the rest of the year. We'll see you next year. But if you need your B2B marketing mindset fix, you can go to b2bmarketingmindset.com. There it is on the screen. And uh, until we meet again, gentlemen, if you want to just stay on, uh, we'll wrap this up offline. But thanks a lot. Good stuff. Thank you. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.